Hello, I'm Adam Baker and this is the Monkey Business Podcast from Van Monkey. We're a vehicle sales and leasing specialist based in the West Midlands and we aim to save you time, stress and money on your next vehicle. Now our first episode is an interview with Director of the Maintenance Team, Ben Sandbrand. The Maintenance Team is a property maintenance company aimed at the property management market. Ben goes on to explain the obstacles he ran into as a property manager, which led to then the formation of the maintenance team as we know today. We speak about company values, plans for the future, and the role that Van Monkey has had to play in the development of Ben's company, the maintenance team. So, enough of me, should we get into it? So to begin with, how would you describe yourself and your company? <laughs> um, myself personally? Yeah. So I am someone who's come from a corporate background. Um, I spent most of my working life in IT, mm-hmm. uh, predominantly IT sales and uh, IT software solutions. So my background is, is pretty much sales through and through. Mm-hmm. Uh, working for corporate organizations, I was subject to KPIs, um, target-based um, roles, ta- target-based tasks. Um, and I basically grew up in a working corporate environment, uh, which I hated. Yeah. I was offered a break um, in 2009 to leave the world of IT and go into property management, which was a new world for me. Um, my job was to manage a small portfolio of student properties uh, mm-hmm. known as HMOs in Selly Oak in yeah. Birmingham. And... Uh, That was really my kind of first step to Birmingham or first step into Birmingham and my first step into property as well. Within a year or two of the property management role, um, one of the key issues was property maintenance um, and there was a lack of property services available um, to people like myself who were doing property management at the time, Mm -hmm. which was kind of a bit astounding because Selly Oak is a a market or a, an area that's saturated with student properties and you know getting people in to do maintenance it being so difficult with so many properties just didn't make sense yeah. so it's kind of a light bulb moment for me where whilst doing property management um, one of our clients who is helping to advertise the properties for us um kind of, you know, heard about my struggles and I had this sort of small team that were doing maintenance in the end. Mm-hmm. And they basically gave me my first break. They said, like, oh, you know, why don't I do your property maintenance for you as well? And it kind of started from there. So the, the background to the maintenance team was uh, a kind of unplanned discovery of a, a need for the services that we offer and the way that we offer those services. Mm-hmm. Can you think of any, I mean, not naming names, obviously, but specific instances of issues that you came across while you were managing these properties that required the maintenance? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are quite a few. Oh, gosh, yeah. Well, um, listen, you know, if you want to start off in property management, your best place is student lets because that's where you really cut your teeth. Yeah. Student lets and student properties are... A whole world, I think, different to the standard residential lets and professional Mm -hmm. lets. Student lets or or houses of multiple occupation, you're dealing with, for all intent and purposes, domestic sized properties that at one point in time were um, habited by families. Mm -hmm. And now you're adding five, six, seven, eight, even 10 
human beings to a property, which has been extended, but the core was always intended for, you know, light domestic use. So the reality is whatever can go wrong, it goes wrong. Everything goes wrong at some point. At the bottom end of the scale, the door handles were falling off. The middle of the scale, drunk students were one of the biggest issues. You know, the holes that miraculously appeared in walls after a night out, but the following morning couldn't remember how that hole had appeared. You know, the wall had opened itself up. The cracked window panes where a ball had been thrown at it, but hey, that's the weather because it went from hot to cold, the, the glass smashed itself. So maintenance was interesting because some of the issues that came up Um, Although they seemed quite standard on the surface, the way they came about was the whole story behind it. Um, And, you know, not to put students down, you know, there are good student tenants, but there are also student tenants that, hey, listen, they're at uni and half of them, you know, half of their time is studying, but the other half is partying, right? It's having a good time. Having a good time often translates to house parties. So, you know, my experience of property management and the need for property maintenance and property services couldn't be more prevalent than it was in student rentals. Mm -hmm. You know, they were the number one consumer of daily property services. Yeah. So, and then to develop on to the maintenance team, how did that start? How did that uh, come to fruition? Um, So we... As I mentioned, I was doing property management. I was struggling to get uh, contractors and tradespeople in to do work. Mm-hmm. I'd speak to other landlords and ask them for their contacts, but they were reluctant to give their numbers because the the general consensus was if I give you my contractor's number, he will then become too busy for me because he's, yeah. you know, slim pickings. Um, so there was a kind of reluctance to share. So that was one issue that I faced. Mm-hmm. The other issue was that for the people that we could get hold of, the ones who were available within an hour or straight away, you know, we thought, well, that's great. But there was a reason for that. Um, Yeah, they they, they, they couldn't do the job, right? (laughs) And then the ones that were good and the ones that could do the job would make you feel as though they're doing you a favor, which was crazy. Like I would go out to employ someone to take care of a maintenance task But the way I was dealt with, the attitude I experienced, the lack of communication, I was almost led to feel like it was a privilege that that person had attended. And God forbid if the task that they had attended to and build us that we paid for went wrong within a day or a two or a week, God forbid I call them up and tell them, I'm really sorry, but it's broken again. Well, they take it personally. They'd be upset. They would want to come back. So it was a real issue. And That was across the board. Mm -hmm. The issues were lack of competence, lack of communication, lack of professionalism. Couldn't even turn up when they'd say they'd turn up and, you know, would they turn up? It was just a complete and utter nightmare. So at the time we were doing development. So the uh, landlord that I was working for, the the property portfolio that I was managing, Mm -hmm. um, he was buying and developing at the same time. So we take on new properties uh, almost on a, a kind of, Every month, another property would come on. It would be gutted back to brick. Builders would come in and develop it, adding extra rooms, extensions. Um, And the honest truth is that the original builder at the time had a couple of labourers. One was a painter decorating, the other was a a labourer, a father and son. Mm -hmm. And 
the builder wasn't giving them a lot of work and they came to us uh, to myself and the landlord and they said look um we're not getting much work from the builder he's given us permission to approach you mm-hmm. do you have any work for us and that was amazing i was like this is great because it's actually going to solve a problem of me having to go out to all these people and everything i just explained that's wrong with the labor market at the yeah. time uh we've got our own in-house team so the maintenance team as it is today started not as the maintenance team but as a father painter decorator and a son who was a laborer and a bit handy you know diy handy man um and they would undertake all the repair tasks on the portfolio and it got easier because you know each property could have a minimum of one issue a day but at its peak you could have several tasks every day being emailed in about something that had gone wrong Mm. So it was great that we had our own in-house team that could respond to that immediately, took the pressure off of us because as property managers, we were under pressure to get issues resolved quickly to avoid instances of tenants not paying rent uh, and, you know, complaints and other issues. So it started off with that team. And then the client I mentioned that we were advertising properties with um, had the same issues. We would advertise with their private rental department yeah they were having the same issues with contractors unreliable people uh, people not turning up all the issues i had and uh, she said i know you've got your own little team i have an issue at a property do you think they would have a look at it for you me mm-hmm. and i said well how about we go one step further i'll become your maintenance team and that literally was the first seed that was laid for the maintenance team and from that point from is it 2013 it kind of started off in 2011 mm-hmm. the maintenance team was officially founded in 2013 it was yeah. officially registered as a business but we started providing maintenance services to the uh, private rental department of the university of birmingham from as early as 2011 um, from memory and so from that point up until today how has the maintenance team grown well um we the 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 initial department that we dealt with at the University of Birmingham had a small portfolio of properties. Mm-hmm. So we had our original landlord that we were managing and the properties for the University of Birmingham, and we're providing services to those people. We then branched out to some of the other agents in the Selly Oak area. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really great to have you know, the internal private rental lettings department of University of Birmingham as an example client. You know, it's kind of great to walk in and say, hey, look, this is what we do. This is who we're working with at the moment. Um, Can we help? And it was then that it became apparent that, you know, I think almost every letting agent that we would speak to back then had the same issues. They were having to manage several contractors to sometimes just do one job, one property. Mm-hmm. It was a nightmare. And the headaches they had was, this is when the people did turn up. You know, John would turn up, as an example, the electrician, um, and would say, well, Bob the gas engineer's caused the problem. Bob the gas engineer would say, well, John's caused the issue. And there'd, there'd almost be an internal fight for them, yeah. trying to manage, you know, really just getting a job done. So the maintenance team grew organically. Um, we never advertised. Um, I, I, you know, it was just me on my own and this father and son team. So mm. I would go out and uh, pitch 
a lot of these agents, a lot of these people. Yeah. But the, the product I was offering at the time was there was a real need. I felt the need when I was doing property management. Yeah. And if I felt the need, they're feeling the need. Yeah. So it, it was kind of widespread. So I'd say it was an easy sale for what I was doing. And, you know, we literally started off providing all encompassing property services. But our business was subcontract model. So, you know, this father and son, they weren't staff, they were subcontractors. Yeah. And as the years kind of went on from that first client of ours, we, we worked off of that subcontractor model. Up until about 2016, we grew organically on a subcontractor base. Post 2016, um, sort of late 16, early 17, mm -hmm. we then had enough business to switch our model over to PAYE, paid staff in vans. Right. Um, so where our business started and where it grew organically to the beginnings of what we are today mm -hmm. and our relationship starting with Van Monkey was that switch over to staff in vans. And that happened in 2017. Yeah. And with that initial mention of Van Monkey there, so that's when the relationship started. And do you know why you picked Van Monkey at that specific time? So um, Carl's very involved uh, with uh, BNI. For those of you that don't know, BNI is a business networking association in the UK. Mm -hmm. And uh, Van Monkey was recommended to me by someone who was part of uh, BNI Group. In fact, he was a client of ours at the time. And we'd looked at other fleet companies and other options. The problem I found was that these big companies that do fleet management and provide fleet vehicles um, or lease vehicles, they're, they're very big, they're very corporate, and they're very rigid. And it's very much that you have to fit into what they're offering. And that wasn't good enough for us as a small business starting out with our first vehicle. Yeah. You know, that, that really wasn't going to cut the mustard for us. Mm -hmm. So we were looking for something that was more flexible to our needs. Um, no two businesses are the same. Yeah. Um, and no two businesses requirements are the same with regards to vehicles. Mm -hmm. um, it's quite daunting starting off um with with buying vehicles i mean yeah. the whole prospect of buying big vehicles that we own and putting staff in them where up until that point we'd had subcontracts with their own vehicles was daunting mm. from a financial point of view from a responsibility point of view um so we kind of needed a company that would come along hold our hand a little bit mm -hmm be completely flexible and adaptable to our needs, be able to present a variety of different options. That was one of the other issues we had. You know, um, you speak to Ford directly, they can only offer you what they have. Yeah. You speak to any manufacturer, they're only going to offer you within the confines of what they have and what they can do, yeah. including financing, which was another issue, because obviously it's not just the vehicle, but it's the finance option as well. Then it's the maintenance yeah. and the servicing. So owning a vehicle or leasing a vehicle, it, it, there's a lot of aspects around that that you need to take consideration for. So the big corporates, the manufacturers, too rigid, you know, and definitely not really hand-holding. Yeah. So, you know, when we were introduced to Carl and Van Monkey, it was immediately apparent that, you know, these guys are here 
to uh, understand the needs of our business. I think that's probably the first most important aspect for us and Van Monkey was that time was taken to understand what our business is, mm -hmm. where we've come from, where we were at the point we were buying our new vehicle and where we plan to be in two, three, four, five years time. Yeah. Because the other consideration is that once you embark on your journey of your first fleet vehicle, it's not your only vehicle. No. You're starting a journey with several vehicles that are going to come down the line. And the other thing we found is that we ourselves have grown so quickly beyond expectation that we're at the beginning of our journey. We thought, well, it's a van today, probably a van next year and maybe a one a third year. Mm -hmm. We ended up with four vans in the first three years. Yeah. It was four vans in the first three years. I think they're all acquired within the first two years of that three year period. They were ordered. So we experienced growth that we hadn't forecast or planned for, which is great. Yeah. But subsequently, vans needed to come quickly. Um, and Van Monkey were, you know, keen to that. So the understanding of the business, the sort of semi-planning of where we might be mm -hmm. um, and the ability to just respond quickly to yeah. the needs of the business. Mm -hmm. We can't function without vehicles. As we recruit new engineers, we need to put them in a vehicle. Yeah. We can't afford to hold vehicles for the time when the engineers come. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't have buckets of money to just stick them in a garage and say, right, we'll put our whole fleet in there. As and when staff join, we'll put them in. Pick yeah, plan, yeah, exactly. You know, that would be a nice luxury. And there are big corporate companies that have huge fleets of vehicles and they can afford to hold on to some yeah. that can sit empty. So for us, it was like quick vehicle. Right. We've got a staff member joining at the beginning of the month. Um, we're giving you three, four weeks notice because we often recruit with not much notice. Mm -hmm. um, and that would be it. Go and go and get a van. Um, and, and that's pretty much you know the reasons from the start and the reasons that we will only ever work with uh, with our monkey do you think i mean we, a lot of businesses these days talk about values and core values and beliefs and things much more so than probably they used to do you think that is something that aligns the maintenance team and van monkey and if so what do you think those are absolutely um so you know i speak um when I mention car, I obviously speak as Van Monkey as a whole. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that used to annoy me when I was doing property management was the dishonesty in the um, the trades market, the, the, the huge dishonesty. Yeah. Some might refer to them as cowboys. Some might refer to them as fly by night. Mm -hmm. But there was a, a huge amount of dishonesty, which led to a huge amount of distrust yeah. in the industry. So one of the biggest challenges I had developing the maintenance team was to kind of reset clients' expectations um, and beliefs on who we are as a property service industry. Yeah. So the values, uh, one value that comes to mind instantly is honesty. Um, I am an incredibly honest person and I've always said and always believe and stand by the fact that honesty is always best policy. Mm -hmm. There's no point trying to dress things up because those things soon become undressed and reveal what they really are. Yeah. There's no point telling people things that you think they want to hear because eventually those things you say will fall away and the truth will be revealed. Mm -hmm. Credibility is the most important virtue that a company can have. Yeah. And I do believe our monkey share that throughout 
my entire relationship with our monkey, um, Carl and the team have always been what I love is brutally honest mm -hmm. about anything and everything to do with vehicles. What that translates to is the ability to make the right decisions. Mm -hmm. I talk about the journey of vehicles, um, no pun intended, but it mm -hmm. is a journey uh, acquiring vehicles uh, and owning vehicles. But there's a lot of choices that you need to make along the way. Some of those choices will um, almost kind of pave the way for the future. It, it sets the direction you go on mm. in the future. So if you make the wrong decision early on, you're kind of stuck with that. Yeah. One example for us would be that we, we leased two vehicles, but we don't lease anymore. The rest of the vehicles are higher purchases, mm -hmm. where at the end we own them. Because yeah. the leasing aspect was a nightmare. But I learned that early on. Mm -hmm. So that's one example where we took a decision to go lease route, weren't really too sure, never really experienced it before, but very quickly found out actually we're, we're not too keen on leasing. It's not good for our needs and what we do as a business. Yeah. So I guess the virtue, it, it really the, the overriding virtue, um, actually one of the fundamental principles we have as a company is what we call client experience. Mm -hmm. Client experience has several routes of values to provide that end experience. The way we think, the way we deal with our clients, we're, we're aligned 100% mm -hmm. in everything we do. We are very conscientious to make sure that all of our clients are armed with the right information. Mm -hmm. They make the right decisions. It's important that we don't make the decisions for the client. We give them all the options, but they make the decision. Yeah. We're here to guide them on the right decision and we're here to support them. We're here to be flexible. We're here to be understanding. And we're here really, as crazy as it sounds, to try and get them the best value, which ultimately equates to saving money. That could be short term, that could be long term. Yeah. You know, we've got examples where we've been asked to undertake jobs and tasks, which would have been at a cost to the landlord or the person managing the property. Mm -hmm. But we found other ways where they don't need to spend money. It could be warranty. Uh, it could be other options, which reduces the cost. Yeah a number of other avenues. Now, some of those avenues will ultimately lose us business, mm -hmm. but the long-term trust, the long-term relationship is so important to us. Yeah. We consider all of our clients to be part of our family. The way we train our staff, the inductions we have at the maintenance team, the ethos in the office is that any client who calls in or emails in and needs our services, we're there to provide a service to them mm -hmm. that's best for their needs. We're there to understand what it is they want, to think about that, and to make sure that we are doing what's best for the customer, not necessarily what's always best financially for us, yeah. because these people are with us for a long time. And client retention is very important. Yeah. So Van Monkey and the maintenance team, I, I genuinely believe that we are both directly aligned with how we view our clients yeah. um, and how we deal with our clients. I think that comes down to, I don't know whether you'd agree with this, probably based on that, that it's the basic principle of treat those how you'd like to be treated yourself, isn't it? So Absolutely. Do you, when you are looking for clients or clients come to you, are there do you have specifics that may put you off a specific client in the same way that it would put you off a van leasing company or you know in that in the same vein or those those values have to be aligned from 
as a player to you, to you, to your clients? Yeah, I think that particularly in this day and age, um, relationship is the most important yeah. and that's worth more money than the few quid you might have saved because you went with the cheapest provider. Mm-hmm. One of the things I say to clients and to the staff in the office is there are two options in life. One of them is the cheapest price. Mm-hmm. The other is best value for money. Yeah. But they're not the same and you can't achieve the same. It really is either best price or value for money. Yeah. Cheapest price op- often equates to paying double mm-hmm. or not getting what you want. Value for money is where you're valuing the service that your supplier is giving to you. You're valuing the fact that it's not just the product that you're buying. Mm-hmm. It could be a vehicle or in our sense, it could be one of our engineers visiting a site to repair an issue. Yeah. It's the whole experience and it's the whole service that goes around that. It's the initial consultation on the issue or the initial consultation on the vehicle. Yeah. It's the various routes to acquiring the vehicle or the various routes to dealing with that issue. Mm-hmm. It's the various finance options to acquiring the vehicle or for us, it's the various financial options of repairs or replacement. Mm-hmm. Once the vehicle lands or once our service is delivered, it's the post sales. If there's an issue, how do you go about dealing with that? Yeah. If the issue's within a day or two, how fast do you respond? If the issue may or may not be warranty, but it's a valued client, how do you deal with that? Do you just turn them away and just shut the door, say, thank you very much for your business, but we're done now? Mm-hmm. Or do you appreciate and recognize and value the relationship that goes both ways? And that's just some examples where obviously I'm trying to align what you do with what we do. So, you know, I think, you know, going back to the original question, it's, it's basically the client experience. Um, You know, it's cheesy, but when we do induct, all of our staff go through an induction, Mm -hmm. regardless of whether they're engineers or they're in the office, um, everyone goes through induction. Yeah. During the induction process, we will give a, a rather cheesy analogy. Uh, and all my colleagues in the office are the first to rip me apart for my analogies because they generally involve cars. But the analogy I always give is this. If you go to stay in a five-star hotel anywhere in the world, from the second you walk through the door of that five-star hotel, you're immediately given the sense and feeling that you are a VIP. Yeah. When you go to a concierge desk at a five-star hotel, whatever your request is, so long as it's legal, they will do whatever it takes to fulfill that for you. And we at the maintenance team are the same. Mm -hmm. That's what we align ourselves with. It's a five-star concierge-style service. Mm -hmm. Customers often call us for advice or for assistance. Mm Some of those uh, pieces of advice or some of those requests for assistance, we're not billing, we're not invoicing for it. It's not a service that we advertise or charge for. It's an example of that five-star concierge service that clients on one hand are utilizing as for property services, Mm -hmm. but on the other hand, we're there to support them in a whole variety of other ways. We host, we host monthly webinars Mm -hmm. on industry changes and things that are relevant to property management. That was something that was missing for me. When I was doing property management, I didn't really have time to sit down and watch webinars or to read newsletters. Mm-hmm. 
the people doing the work for us, they didn't phone me up and go, Ben, thanks for all the work. By the way, are you aware that the legislation has changed? So there's one example. Yeah. Clients, it, it's nice and, and we really feel valued that clients can phone us and see us as a, uh, you know, a free of charge kind of consultancy service. Um, I say consultancy in the loose term because we're not obviously registered to do that, but we, we are armed with information. You know, we're registered with the NIC for electrical. So mm -hmm. we are completely up to date on what the latest electrical regulations are. So if mm -hmm. clients call in with questions, we can answer that. Same for gas, you know, same for plumbing, um, you know, whatever we have qualifications or accreditations in, we in turn can either answer questions or have the right places to go and get the information to them. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that. And with that client information, what would your uh, what would your ideal Google review be? What would it say? What were the few key things in there? That's a tough question. I wasn't prepared for that one. <laughs> what would the ideal Google review say? I think um, a summary of the most ideal Google review would be where we as a company are recognised for the value that we add to our clients' mm -hmm. um, need for property services. That's the most important thing for us. The value is the kind of cream on the top that you don't need to pay for, you know? You buy a hot chocolate, you're paying for the hot chocolate, but if you want cream and chocolate sprinkles, well, that's a free of charge extra. Mm -hmm. And that really is the kind of reviews that would be nice for us. Yeah. And what about plans for the future? What What is, what's on the horizon for the maintenance team? We have been um, deeply involved and deeply investing in technology. Mm -hmm. um, I am a huge believer that the future for our business and any business for that matter mm -hmm. is technology. Yeah. And the more you embrace technology, um, the better and quicker you can grow, the better results you can achieve, the faster you can grow. Mm -hmm. um, we're very process driven as a business as well. Um, we have, I mean, thousands of processes for all different things. Mm -hmm. And we've managed to pretty much automate 85% of our processes with technology. We're talking, you know, one click buttons to do things that would normally take, you know, several clicks and, and yeah. possibly hours of human so time. So what, what, an example of one of those processes. So an example of the latest project that we've done, which took two years, is all of our engineers now have PDA tablets, all of their jobs are digital mm -hmm. and everything that our engineers do on the road is now completely hand in hand with our back end CRM. As an engineer leaves a, a property, a job, uh, they will update the, the job on their PDA, you know, photos, what they've done, how long they're mm -hmm. on site, all the stuff we need instantly on our CRM. Yeah. Within seconds, we'll turn that around and send it as an update to the client. Mm -hmm. 2013, I'd write an email. I'd cut and paste the address. I'd manually write what the job was. I'd send it out to the engineer. Yeah. At some point, I may get photos if I was lucky. I'd probably have to phone them up and have a verbal conversation about what they could do, what they didn't do, what the options were. <laughs> then I'd have to write a separate email to the client, manually attach photos. So that's just one very large example of one of the biggest projects we undertook. Mm -hmm. Just prior to the PDA rollout, um, we were using WhatsApp. Right. So we would still send their jobs out via the CRM. They were PDFs, so they could print them at home or maybe try and view it on a little mobile phone screen. They'd WhatsApp their photos in. They'd sort of WhatsApp a, a description of what we needed to know. So 
that's been probably one of the most key developments is this PDA. Mm-hmm. The plans for the future is we are currently um, developing our SMS technology. So a big part of what we do is visiting tenants and occupants of properties. Yeah. A big part of that is communication, booking mm-hmm. appointments in or letting them know we're on our way mm-hmm. um, or organising appointments. Um, so organising changes to appointments, should I say. Mm-hmm. At the moment, we do use a third-party SMS platform, which is separate to our CRM. It's a bit clunky, but we're working on a system right now where pretty much press a button, your engineer's on the way, this is their name, this is their number, here's a tracking link to track them to the property. And where we're using a third-party SMS platform, which is ultimately another web browser, Mm -hmm. we are integrating all of our SMS and WhatsApp communications into our CRM. So now... If you, as an occupant, want to text us to either organise an appointment, tell us you can't make it anymore, or ask us where we are, Mm -hmm. that will come straight into our CRM, straight to the actual job on the CRM, and we can see a whole panel of all of the messages back and forth within the job on our CRM, which is one of the biggest bugbears you have at the moment is this managing SMS. Tenants and occupants ultimately rely on SMS and WhatsApp. They don't really answer phone calls. So... Our business, in terms of ability to book appointments, has moved to you know text message SMS platform. With with um, technology in mind, and I mean a lot of companies uh, are thinking this way as well as decarbonisation and green energy and how we can help the planet. Is that something that features within your business model at all? We're almost paperless. Right. Um, we are very very uh, reliant. We're just a digital business. I mean, you know, we have digital for everything um there's always going to be the exception to need to print letters or need to print certain documents but i can't tell you the last time we bought a ream of paper and you know that that kind of says in itself you know the sort of company we are Mm -hmm. we are looking at embracing um electric vehicle technology yeah that was going to be my next question so (laughs) i think you guys would agree that there's still a way to go in the development of battery technology Mm -hmm. um one of the biggest issues for us is because we're west midlands buckinghamshire hertfordshire and greater london we do cover a very wide um, wide area so sometimes these vehicles can be traveling 250 300 miles in a day Mm -hmm. um, and it's not feasible to stop off for an hour's coffee while you charge it and all the other issues come with it so we will eventually adopt, um, you know, greener technology or mm-hmm. battery vehicles when the market's ready. It's yeah. just a little bit junior for us at the moment. Yeah. That said, all of our vehicles are modern. They're all Euro 6. Mm-hmm. Um, we monitor driver behaviour to make sure that vans are being driven economically. Mm-hmm. When we plan routes in the office, we're planning the most economical route from job to job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which will help massively with the adoption yep. of electric vehicles in the future as well. We um, So unlike a lot of other uh, companies that do property services, we actually take care of 99% of the logistics in the office. So mm-hmm. if engineers need parts, tools for jobs, we will either plan for deliveries in advance of them arriving mm-hmm. or we hold stock either on the vans or in our storage facilities. Right. So we actually go out of our way to save the need to drive, Mm -hmm. to save using vehicles for for needless journeys. Um, And also to to maximize the time that engineers are are doing the job. Mm -hmm. It's better for them to be on site doing a job than spending hours driving around to find a part Mm -hmm. that costs five quid 
but they've spent, you know, 20 quid trying to find the five quid part. So we're very, you know, hot on economical um, processes. I think all of all of the processes we have are designed for economy. And a lot of that translates to green uh, technology as well. Yeah. So just the final summing up, how would you sum up the maintenance team in a couple of words? <laughs> Again, it's a tough question. I've <laughs> never summarized the maintenance team in a couple of words. Um, I would say that we at the maintenance team are pioneering a new way of delivering property services. Um, having come from a property management background, we as a property services company have been designed ground up by myself coming from a property management background, which is rare. Yeah. Most of the property services companies out there will not have come from a property management background. Mm. Having come from a property management background, everything we do, the way we do it, the way we deliver our services, the client experience is directly aligned with what I needed when I did property management mm -hmm. and the understanding of what property managers need today. Yeah. So addressing your past problems, I suppose, with the new solution of your business. Yeah. It's not just the need for someone to go and repair an issue. Yeah. It's everything else that goes around that, which, you know, I explained earlier, the communication, yeah. the photographs, the booking in of appointments, the reliability, the consistency, the quality of work, the longevity of the work, the consultation on the right solutions, um, the, uh, the giving the right information so the right decisions can be made so there's no regrets later on that had they been given the right information, they may have taken a different decision. Mm -hmm. All of that's born from property management. Yeah. Um, and it's what makes us unique. I mean, our bespoke software platform and the reports we send out to clients, the speed that we can book appointments in and respond, particularly to urgent emergency situations, the understanding we have, that is all unique to our business. Um, and all we hear from new clients when they first use us is, wow, where's this bit? This is what I need. Yeah. And we kind of set a benchmark. They kind of go back to their other suppliers and say, hey, listen, <laughs> the maintenance team are doing it this way. Why are you not doing this way? Yeah. Why am I suffering from years of having to put up with your shoddy communication or kind of lapsidaisy attitude when actually there's a company out here that are doing everything I need so I can do my job and not be bogged down trying to chase you because you haven't done your job. Yeah. So then finally, just the relationship between Van Monkey and the maintenance team, how do you sum that up? We're in a marriage. Mm -hmm. I'm married to Van Monkey. <laughs> it's a happy marriage. Um, I think Van Monkey um, is a fantastic organisation. I just think that you, you guys have really nailed the service aspect. Mm. And I'm not shy or embarrassed to say this and i'm not saying this just because i'm sat here in an interview yeah. but i have personally taken a lot of inspiration from the way van monkey do certain processes mm -hmm. and i've actually stolen some of your ideas for my own business mm -hmm. um and you know the relationship we have with van monkey is as if i'm calling my own office and speaking to my own staff yeah. i've got complete confidence that whatever it whatever I need will be taken care of. I often call for things that aren't billable. It's not a service you're going to charge me for, but I need advice or I'm stuck or one of my vehicles has given me problems or a certain breakdown provider isn't doing what they're meant to do. And, you know, yeah. my instinctive reaction whenever we have vehicle problems, actually, 
I'm sorry to say is, right, call Van Monkey, they'll sort it. You guys are our first port of call. You know, even for vehicles that we we have that maybe come through other avenues before our relationship with Van Monkey, mm -hmm. we'll call you guys for assistance. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a lovely marriage and we are, you know, increasing the size of the family uh, almost on a monthly basis. Um, so if, if we're in the marriage, the vans are the children? <laughs> well, I was going to say that and I was like, is this getting a bit kind of strange? But it is in a way, you yeah. know, it, it's, look, vans are a fundamental part of our business. We can't survive without vans. We need yeah. vans. There's no two ways about it. You know, sometimes I see vans as a necessary evil, mm -hmm. um, which they are, and they are the necessary evil because if they break down, it has a, a catastrophic effect on the business. And yeah. if we can't get vans, again, we can't put engineers out to work. So yeah. both of those are, you know, necessities for us. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's comforting that we've got a supplier that we've got such a good relationship with that it's a marriage because we understand each other's businesses. Mm -hmm. We understand that we're both of the same mindset that we'll always go over and above mm -hmm. to help clients regardless of what the request is. Yeah. Um, and we know that we're in it for the long term. It's a long term relationship. It's not just let me take one van today and I'll see you later. I'll go get a price from someone else. And, you know, some some companies will buy vans from several suppliers. Yeah. But the problem is they've got no relationship and they can call any one of those suppliers. How do you ask a supplier for help if you haven't acquired all the vehicles from them and someone else? Surely the logical answer would be like, well, that van didn't come from us. <clears throat> Have you tried the other supplier? Yeah. And the answer might be, yeah, I did, but they don't want to help. I know you guys help. So, you know, it's... It's, it's a lovely marriage. It's a beautiful marriage with lots of children. <laughs> Expensive children. <laughs> well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me today. I hope the marriage lasts for a lot <laughs> Pleasure. <laughs> thank you very much. All right. No worries. I think with Ben and the maintenance team, it's a classic gap in the market style business. Now, through Ben's own frustration as a property manager, he sought to rectify and also address some of the inefficiencies in the property maintenance market. And a testament to that is the growth of the company in less than a decade. In an era of somewhat waning honesty, Ben's focus upon it linked to how he viewed the relationship with Van Wenke was not so much enlightening as it was restorative, like a sigh of relief. I don't think trust has ever held such an importance in the business world as it does now. And it's reassuring to know that we're doing something right on that front and hearing it from one of the businesses we work with is especially important. So thanks for listening to Van Monkey's Monkey Business Podcast with me, Adam Baker. In the meantime, you can check us out on all social medias, including TikTok. Alternatively, you can visit our website for more information on what we offer. Thanks again and see you next time.